Guten Abend, mein Frau, mein Fraulein. Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. Here we are, kids. It is episode 10. Peter Garacci coming in to do Godfather 2. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your support with Gutting the Sacred Cow. Two very small, quick favors to ask. If you have friends who love stand-up comics like us, and if they love to do film podcasts and film debates, why not tag them in in these posts that we're putting up and just recommend, hey, you know what? Check these two guys out, Kevin and Kevin, like Simon and Simon back in 1985. I know, dated reference. Sorry, millennials. These two guys are funny, and they make a great podcast, so why not listen? Please give us a five-star rating and just two, three-sentence review on iTunes. Big help. Really appreciate. Thanks again, guys. Enjoy the podcast. Gather round is what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Hey guys. Let that be your catch. Hi everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, episode numero diez. I think that should we be doing something special for this one? We made it ten. We haven't killed each other. No. No. (laughs) Do you think we're gonna have riffs? Is that you thought was gonna happen? I feel this is gonna go this is gonna go Beatles style once we hit it big. I guess I'm John and you're uh, George Harrison. All right. Yeah, you're getting shot in the head. It was just the anniversary, wasn't it? I think it was yeah. if his death was yeah. yesterday, I believe. Well, that is right. Uh, you're talking to one guy who hates the Beatles. Uh, you're uh, talking to two guys who oh. hate the Beatles. Let's do a podcast about why you guys are wrong. The Beatles are... <laughs> I they're, mean, they're insanely influential, and I respect what they've done, but I tell you what, you take the Rolling Stones, and he, I'll take yeah. the Rolling Stones yeah. any day of the week. On a desert, they, as, on a desert island, I would take Beatles... With over any other band ever, I would take dry uh, anal rape before I did that. I, I agree with Kevin in that I get that they were influential and I get that their music was loved by many. I just was never able to get into it. No, it's too sappy. It's too pussy. Yeah. It's just not. There's a couple songs where I'm like, oh, I like this song, but it's it's nothing. I don't have any Beatles on my iTunes. Honestly, I'm. Glad. I have one, one. That's it. I'm, I'm glad we're starting with finding out that we have different tastes because this is perfect this is exactly what we want our guest today the beetle lover himself peter garachi yes how you doing doing i'm doing how you doing i'm doing great i'm happy to be here thanks for having me guys. i love that we brought in an italian for this yeah that's my grandmother calls him but she's a 91 year old you know german lady hilarious uh they say the italians they screwed us (laughs) we saved them no uh peter i dare say he has chosen a film that Draw drew a lot of ire already. This probably I know we're only ten episodes in. The films that when we announced that they were going to be done, the ones that drew the most ire were definitely Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, Spaceballs. Am I missing one more? Or I think that's it. I think those two were the were the ones, ones that, that yeah. people were getting yeah, the most upset were, about. People really worked up about. Peter has decided to attempt, and I underline and you quotations attempt to take down. The 1974 American cinematic masterpiece known as Godfather Part Two. Kevin Israel has just seen The Godfather One and Two. I, you know what? I, one I already, day ago, I already hate <laughs> you because I had to spend seven hours yesterday watching these movies. Because somehow 
I am a reject and made it my 43 years without ever seeing any of the Godfathers. Uh, had to. I, I spent seven hours also, and it was every minute was enjoyable. Even, even I don't want to get into it just yet, but e- I'm not trolling. I actually do believe that Godfather Part Two is the, probably the most overrated film of all time. Huh. But even still, it's still a pleasurable experience. It's just because of what it's become and its reputation that I think it's, I, it's deserving of some gutting. If we... To use the parlance of your podcast, Godfather right, Two right. made a lusty forty-seven point five million domestically and eighty-eight million worldwide in nineteen seventy-four. In today's terms, I was going to say adjusted for twenty-two hundred and forty-seven point nine domestically and four hundred and fifty-three point nine internationally. Dude, those are decent numbers. Those are solid numbers. They're not, you know, Avengers: Infinity War numbers. IMDb score. Want to take a guess? IMDb, uh, one through ten. Oh, they do ten. Yeah, so 10. It's, I'm gonna say it's like a nine three. Nine flat. Wow. A Rotten Tomatoes score, Peter Garacci. Give me a audience Rotten Tomatoes. I would score. guess ninety five percent. Ninety seven. So you would get both showcases. Critics, Kevin Israel. Want to get guess on the critics? Oh. Uh, I'm gonna say ninety six. Ninety seven as well. Wow. Both. Critics and audience spot on same. Famous quotes. Now, we just did Last Jedi. Not many quotes. This film. Lots. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say lots, but I would say the ones that are in it are part of everyone's daily, daily lexicon. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Easily that's, number that's one. Yeah. Or you can even argue number two. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Either or. Both part of both parodied and have been part of our language and you know metaphors for years. And the third one I forgot about: "We're bigger than U.S. Steel." Oh, I have a I have a different quote. I'm all ears because it's a quote that I've heard people say, and I never got it because I never saw this movie. I'm smart. Ah, uh, that one <laughs> yeah. from Stern. I debate about putting that. Not dumb like everybody says, but smart. I'm smart. I know things. Five fun. Facts. I think we need intro music for our five fun facts. I think we need intro music for all of this. We have an intro song. But I think we need, like, for the going into the quotes, I think we need, like, a slew of, like, famous quotes. Oh, like a montage of stuff? Like, (laughs) 0.0. I like that. Get on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do that. I've done everything else. You'll see some serious shit. I know. I like the way this is going. Keep keep doing everything. No, thanks. (laughs) Need a breather. Three shows, for Christ's sakes. Fun fact number one, Godfather 2 is the last film printed in Technicolor. Oh. Right? Yeah. Mario Puzo did not want Fredo to die, but Coppola insisted on it, and they both agreed to having him die when uh, the mom got killed, when the mom died. The guy who played Clemenza, I'm not looking it up. Richard Castellano. Right? And Godfather 1, he pulled out. God, and the guy who played Frank Pantangeli stepped in as the new character of the Clemenza uh, rank. And that actor was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Michael V. Gazzo, yeah. Wow, really? Huh. Also a Tony Award-nominated uh, playwright. I'll do the fun facts around right, here, asshole. No, I like this. <laughs> I like this. The one-twoing. First sequel to win Best Picture. And the first time two actors played the, playing the same role won the Oscar. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Mario, Mario. Marlon Brando was supposed to cameo at the end of the film like James Caan did, but showed the no-showed due to salary disputes. 
I could see. Yeah, he, he was an asshole towards the end. Yes. <laughs> Did he send the, Amer- the uh, American Indian woman to go pick up his uh, statue for, for one? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Five-star critic reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. The result is among the very greatest of American films. The lasting popularity isn't a fluke. The Godfather films stand the test of time because they aren't just movies. They're cultural touchstones. From start to, fin- from start to finish, this is filmmaking at its most immortal. These English lit degrees are going hard in overtime. You hear that, Sarah Douglas graduate, Sarah Lawrence graduates? A rare sequel to a film that recaptures and expands upon the mastery of its predecessor. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes one-star reviews. There are, in fact, a great many good things to look at in the film, but they don't add up to anything very impressive. I came away with the feeling I had been shown somebody's family snapshot album with all the pictures pasted up in the wrong order. Second one. It's a second movie made largely out of bits and pieces of Mr. Puzo's novel that didn't fit in the first. It's a Frankenstein's movie stitched together from leftover parts. It talks. It moves in and fits and starts, but has no mind of its own. Those are the only two rotten reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Can I say something? You may. I agree with both of them. I agree with both of them as well. Those points are points that I'm going to make in more detail. Mm -hmm. Continue. Amazon five-star reviews. Good movie. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. That's a bad way to start a five-star review. But Amazon should reconsider at least discounting these movies for Prime customers. There are very few good movies available on Prime, and $3.99 is a lot to rent compared to Redbox. People put their renting techniques in here, and they always make my final cut. I feel like my dad wrote that review. It's The Godfather. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. To speak ill of this movie is hearsay. Don't they mean heresy? That's what they said, hearsay. I know that. Oh, he spelled hearsay? Yes. (laughs) It's one of the very few sequel movies that actually exceeds the expectations of the first film. The list is short. Terminator 2, Aliens, The Dark Knight, Gremlins 2. Pausing for effect. What? Someone forgot a, a little film called Empire Strikes Back. What? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. <laughs> Go back to that. This is how it... Okay. <laughs> this isn't that... Okay. Uh, two more. I would argue the second installment of The Godfather was the best because of the emotional roller coaster it takes you on from the communes of Sicily to the streets of New York. I love when they do scenic uh, recaps. What can I say? It's The Godfather. Classic. I can never watch it enough. Forget about it. I I can. Uh, Everyone at the office always knows I've watched it over the weekend because I always have a mobster swagger to me for a few days afterwards. This guy is an A1 cunt. Oh, my God. Like, he's that person in the office that no one wants to invite to their own, like, house for festivities. Hey, Jimmy, don't make me take you to the mattresses. Jimmy, I want you to come over, but please, whatever you do, don't watch Godfather (laughs) 1 or 2 in the next day or two because I don't like your gangster swagger. Your gangster swagger. And while you're at it, don't watch Pumping Iron. You're not that, you're not fit at all. You're very fat. Okay. I'm coming all the time. <laughs> Don't babies drink milk. Real men oh. drink beer. <laughs> all day I'm coming. I'm coming. Ah, that's a good one. Amazon one star reviews. These are our favorite Peter Garachi. Why? Because these are the open mics of reviews. I can't believe how hyped this movie is. Long, slow, and boring. Horrible, overrated, overacted, colloquial, urban pseudo-history that glorifies, vilifies, and stereotypes Italians as gangsters, religious hypocrites, and intellectual buffoons. If I were were Italian, I'd be offended. 
This Hollywood hogwash should be relegated to B-movie status at best. Wow. Now, why are you so upset if you're not Italian? Any of those who are Italian, embrace this film. It is on the centerpiece next to Jesus <laughs> and uh, St. Anthony, oh, the, uh, so they don't get lost while driving, right? Absolutely awful. I mean, the first one is a classic. I heard this one was better, but I really want my $4 back. We'll never watch again. Three ninety nine. Relax, yeah, yeah. buddy. Did they, are these people rolling couch change to watch these films? And how, do you, how do you get that change into Amazon? <laughs> It's like the people who complain they, about the packaging. The old people are putting in like their kids' like Nintendo Wii. <laughs> it's like when they review a product, but they complain about the packaging. Yeah. Like, I want to know, does the, the tool work or There's not? too much cellophane. This movie was painful to finish. I felt like I was watching paint dry. Sure, you can give it credit for the, for the, excuse me, for the historic periods. Accurate, but do set design. I don't edit. This is what I'm reading. Costumes and props make a good movie, great movie. I think not. Call me an idiot, but I don't like it. Okay, idiot. I say nay, sir. Yeah. This this is this guy is my favorite. Ready? Strap in. This is how I imagine they envision it. Quotes. Hey, I'm a dumb Sicilian who says stupid phrases with double meanings and then brutally mur- and then brutally murders others. But it's okay because everything about this is the fake quote unquote family, not the narcissistic personality disorder. Play some crappy music from the old country and drink some and drink some bad vino in quotes. Make sure to speak in broken English gibberish with an Italian accent. Yes, you too can be a loser thug. Is your life this pathetic? Don't answer that. Parentheses. We know it is. What is this guy a life coach? Like, I think this guy's talking through his own session, like what he's gonna say to his therapist. <laughs> I this I I'm just gonna speak this. I want you to tell me at the end how you envision this reviewer. I just watched Godfather two part Godfather Part two now, and I must take a moment to gather myself. It's all too much. My mind and body have entered what seems to be a stock state of shock and awe. I feel like just collapsing into a chair and staring into blank space. A blank stare of contemplation, much like Michael did throughout the whole three hour duration of the movie. If you excuse me, I have to go now. I have to get a grip <laughs> on the life shattering, staggering events that I have just witnessed. I really need to lie down. I must recuperate. You see, my knees have turned to jelly. I may have to support them with my plastic kneecap. Uh, movies like movies this powerful should be banned. Wow. This I picture like an 80-year-old man in a retirement home because he must say he had to rest for all this. Time. You sat and you sat and watched this film for three and a half hours. Why do you need to continue to rest? You're dumbfounded. You're resting your soul. You're resting your. You can rest your soul when you die. You need to turn off your Italian for a little bit. It was too much Italian. Is a much. Why are these movies so dull? Peoples in suits talking about business and who's going to kill who. I'm not expecting an action-packed movie, but at least something I can care about. A draw-in or something. I love the analysis that this movie was just people in suits talking about who to kill. That's yeah. a fantastic... Like, you ever see Simpl- on Twitter? Simpleton. On know, Twitter when they're like, describe a movie badly. Yeah. That's a great describe a movie badly. <laughs> I have my notes. Do you have notes on this? I have thoughts, yeah. Uh, observations. Here are yeah. my observations. Number one, Connie Corleone, Talia Shire, is the biggest waste of life, especially in part one. But especially in part two, she's useless. Kay Corleone is a fun vortex. Why would you want to marry her? She exudes nothing fun in life. She seems like she gives a blowjob, and then she gives a, are you done yet? Look on your face. Not in my eye. Don't get on the carpet. And she Don't ca- do it in the toilet. She, 
she catches him watching. Why she catches him wiping his balls and dick off the fucking drapes <laughs> if, he, if he's done fucking or missionary. Don't style. use the Pomeranian. <laughs> I don't see Michael Corey owning a Pomeranian. I see Kay moving out owning a Pomeranian. Yes. Oh, yeah. Number four. Uh, sorry, three. Dragging Fredo's wife off the dance floor uh, while screaming, never marry a WAP, got a laugh out of me. <laughs> really did. Because it was reminiscent of Carlo calling G- Connie a guinea brat. Like, a guinea brat never listens. They had to keep that whole guinea WAP thing in, you know, intact. Right. Uh, Vito Corleone's mom actually literally bringing a knife to a gunfight. To kill that mob guy was just flat out silly. Why are you bringing a knife to meeting of the mob where your kid got shot knowing there will be guns there? Right. Very lazy uh, planning. Robert De Niro speaking in Italian sounds like cinder blocks in a cement mixer. <laughs> that, Italian, that was horrible. Uh, I didn't recognize De Niro without shoe lifts and fighting someone like he was in quicksand. <laughs> Call back to the Irishman. Don Finucci is an uber douche. We can all agree on that, right? He deserves. He, I'm glad he got killed. Yes. Uh, but I have questions how that uh, that sock thing caught fire after he shot him in the head with that. Well, I think that that could happen. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why do we need to see baby Fre- you know baby Fredo's penis several times? Does this qualify? A lot. Child porn? I like, think so. That one scene, I was like, all right, can we put the kid's dick away? Is that is this necessary? I mean, it was a t- close. It was a tight shot of his dick for at least like five Mississippi. Yeah, it was like staring at me. We, I thank you. So, are, are we trying to say that Francis Ford Coppola, try, you know, in bed with Roman Polanski when it comes to the tastes? Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Fredo's dick. I don't want to sleep with the fishes. Oh. There is, there is more talk of family in this film than all the Fast. I was and the just, Furious. I was snaked. Yes, more talk of family than any of the Fast and Furious. Can thank you, Fast and Furious films combined. Oh at my least, god! At least there is no Letty, but unfortunately there is Talia Shire, the wet blanket of the Corleones. <laughs> uh, nice to remember the soft-spoken Al Pacino and not the hooah. Hoo-ah. And I legit LOL'd when he shut the door in Case Face at the oh, very end. Oh, that was. I was like, good, get out. You're a terrible, boring person. You knew what you were getting, a terribly boring person. You knew what you were getting into, Kay. Go ahead, Kay. Ask about my business just once. You can ask about the business. Just once. That's how you treat a lady. Kevin Israel, your thoughts. So, uh, like you said, I watched these movies for the first time yesterday. I dedicated almost seven hours of my life on a Sunday, skipped all football, and watched... (laughs) Watch these two movies in a row. So I can't to, believe you didn't break. I can't believe you didn't watch one Saturday and one Sunday. I I was going to, but then I got called in for a show on Saturday when I was going to watch it. So I had to. Everything just kept getting compressed. Okay. So uh, so to, so I apologize because to me the two movies just ran together because they felt like just one long. A lot of Italian stuff. But the book is is both films in one. Right. And the book, right. to its credit, one of the very few books. That they do, they actually wanted the credit to the film where they really get the book at a ninety-ish percent parallel. Yeah, like I've, Wolf I've Wolf heard Wolf. they did. I've yeah. heard they did a did justice. And to the, the book. book flows too. I mean, again, three and a half hours, pretty, well, three plus and change for each film, and it does not have that any kind of lag. Is the book like a thousand pages? No, it's probably. I got. I can't. I'm gonna get my phone said. You could pull it up. probably if I had to guess, like three fifty. Really? Very oh, man- it's very manageable. Oh wow, I might very have manageable. to. I might have to read that. But anyway, three fifty-four. Something like so. That. I uh I thought both of these movies, one and two, uh were were a compilation of very interesting scenes with very little tying them together to make like it felt like each one was just a little short story and then it was like all right now we're going to move on to the next short story. And my example and I'm 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 going to Godfather 1 even though I know we're talking about Godfather 2 here. After um 
After Michael's first wife gets killed in the car bomb. Was it Apollonia? Apollonia. Yeah. Then suddenly, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Which I that was another line that I was like, oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, then suddenly he just comes home and he goes, Kate, I want to marry you. I want. I want to. Yeah. I want to. Ma-. And it was like, what happened? We got nothing. We got no mourning. No like we're home. But, no like you just decided I'm coming home and you. I'm gonna marry you. Like where? What? I think that's showing you how cold blooded he is, though. I. I. I guess, but. It just it felt so stilted to me. Like a lot of yeah. this, a lot of what happens throughout these movies felt very like. All right, and this is what happens next. Don't worry about the between. This is what happens next. As uh, as far as this uh, the second movie, I loved Vito Corleone's story. I loved it. I wanted right. that to be the entire movie. Which is everyone's argument why they like two better. I prefer. Oh, is that? I prefer. Or, or and the people who say that are usually Italian. By the way, fun fact. <laughs> As a crowd, I I find one. I prefer one. Don't get me wrong. Love two, but I prefer one. I so. Uh, as far as Michael's story, I I didn't care as much. There were some great scenes. I thought the scene where uh, Kate reveals to him that she had an abortion. I thought that was a masterful scene. Great. I thought his performance in that scene, going from trying to calm her down to just enraged and beating, I thought Slap her in the I face, thought it yeah. was just amazing. And knowing the importance of having a son to him, I just thought that was such a great scene and such a great moment that just, it, but it just didn't tie into everything else. It just felt. It felt like it was just one great moment. And the scene where he slammed the door in her face was also just such a great... And and his evolution, I get, was awesome. And seeing him go from in one where he was just this like nice kid who was a hero and he didn't want to... To being this, to war. this cold-blooded head of the mob. But the the movies themselves, they just it just never grabbed me. Neither of them ever grabbed me. Okay. It felt like a lot of really good scenes and good performances that were just kind of hamstrung together. You don't find the uh, the dialogue uh, was well written. You didn't find that the script itself. No, I thought no, I, no. It was it was definitely well written. It was and like like you said, I didn't feel like I wanted to ask for my time back watching these movies. But I also just I don't I would never put either of these movies on like my top ten list. They're not on my top ten list. That's for sure. But I mean, you would agree that these are first of all insanely important to American cinematic history. I guess. That was a very begrudgingly yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I guess I don't know. Is it because you saw this too late in life? I think so. I think I think that it's so far removed from relevance for me, and and I then I you know like the, the, there are big long epic movies that I do enjoy. I just felt that that these they they dragged at points, and it felt like he really liked like the one reviewer said like he really likes just capturing the long scene of. Michael staring off or just like there was a lot of pointless time spent in it where there was like a scene where she, one of the women walked out of a car and she's walking towards the house and then she just walks into the house and I was like why do we need to see her get out of the car and walk into the house they should have just showed the door open and her walk in like it just felt like there was a lot of extraneous stuff that he liked to do that he thought people would be like oh this is show them being people again I, I'm not saying this is a flawless film by any stretch it does drag at spots I just I saw it, and I saw it late. I saw it, I think I was 21 or, tw- no, was, yeah, I was 21. I had mono, and I was like, well, can't go out, can't do anything. If I, well, as long as I can stay awake, I'll watch this film and uh, other films I caught up on. And I, it's great. It's a great film. Would you put this ahead of Goodfellas? 
For me? Yes. Personally? No, the fucking green screen. I, yes. I, you know what? As I said personally, I was like, oh, we just slammed some guy for saying personally. No, I wouldn't. Goodfellas ahead. I enjoyed Goodfellas more than, much more. I'll watch Goodfellas any time of the day from any point in the movie. Okay. I love that movie. I do too. I agree. I put Goodfellas above it too. Casino, same thing? Yeah. Casino's, but also, and here's the thing. But it's not both, true. Well, I guess it is. Both Goodfellas and Casino, to me, are fun movies. There's stuff that happens in them that's fun. It's enjoyable. Neither of these movies was fun. They were compelling. They were interesting. They were historic. But they both of them felt a bit like a slog to get through. They again, they did lag at times. I I agree, but overall, pretty darn good. What would you give it a, on a score of one to ten? Part two. We're not talking about one. Uh, six. Really? Yeah. All right. I would say seven, seven and a half. All right. I mean, it's still a classic. Peter Garacci, what are your thoughts on The Godfather 2? Well, my first thought is uh, I thought I was here to to uh, give my points, but it's been fun watching you guys develop your relationship. No, no, rela- this, is the, this, this is where the argument comes. <laughs> <laughs> this has been beautiful for me to see you guys cultivate a relationship over the microphone. No idea. Uh, so can I – like I have bullet points, but I also have like a little bit of a backstory of my experience with the movie, which I think will explain why – Sure. I, so, Go. So, so I do think the original Godfather is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, movie ever made. Coppola is my artistic hero, but bar none. And Why? He's only done two films that are that are of, of major. If you consider I, this... Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now is garbage. <sighs> oh boy, garbage! I rewatched it three I weeks s- ago. I saw a bomb explode in his eyes when you said that. <laughs> when like, the napalm in the morning going yeah. off, is that boy? That was terrible. He made like I don't even consider this. Um, I it was a. For the majority of my life, I consider this a movie a masterpiece. I don't know if I consider it a masterpiece anymore, but whether it is or not, he either made three or four masterpieces in a row. The Two Godfathers, Apocalypse Now. This is actually his second best film of 1974. The Conversation with Gene Hackman is an I haven't seen that. I know it's good. Incredible movie that Coppola did the same year that he did. And that's so Coppola um, actually had lunch with him one time. It was unfucking believable. Like I was. Uh, in the wine business for a while, and he. Uh, I was, was going to ask if there's a wine time. It was a that, yeah. wine lunch that I got invited to. There's like eight of us, and he's telling stories, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, Sophia was eight years old in the Philippines, and all." It's unbelievable, and he um, he wanted like he's an artist. Like this is a guy who like grew up like doing like musical theater. His dad was a flute player, I believe. Flautist. A flautist, yes. <laughs> and he wanted to make like artsy films. He got roped into directing The Godfather, which he didn't want to do. It was a blockbuster book of that time period. They wanted to make a movie. They gave a chance to a young, young hotshot guy. He had made a, uh, a, a terrible Roger Corman movie. And then he made a movie in 1966 called You're a Big Boy Now, which is utter horseshit. I saw it because I wanted to see what, how Coppola started. That movie came out in 66. He does Godfather in 72. You can't get from that movie to The Godfather in six years. Like that to <laughs> me is a, is a thing of genius because there's nothing in that movie that re- would recommend it. And yet six years later, he makes arguably one of, if not the greatest movie of all time. So he didn't want to do it. He was under a lot of constraints. They didn't want – they wanted to fire him. They didn't want Pacino. They didn't want Brando. And, and I, he had to do with the mob the entire time while shooting it. Yeah, so Coppola is somebody – he's an artist who he, he thrives under difficult circumstances. So he, he makes this movie under impossible circumstances. And he said it to me. He goes – and I've heard him say like a variation of this. He goes, people say, oh, I, you know, I watched that movie and I loved it. He goes, I see it and I go, what a terrible time Francis had making that movie. Like he literally was like suicidal during the making of the movie. Wow. So Godfather becomes – one of the biggest hits ever. And, that, and it's funny how different the time was. At that time, they weren't making really gangster movies. They were considered very, like, kind of 
shitty movies to make like gangster movies. So he makes this movie and it becomes like people were lined up around the block to go see The Godfather. So you really don't have like Oscar movies like that anymore. So it wins best pick. He doesn't win best director. It only wins best picture. It wins best actor for Brando and it won one other I can't think of right now. Uh, But it really was like Cabaret won most of the awards that year, which is fucking nuts. (laughs) But so they wanted to do they want. So Godfather 2 is a cash grab. It's like the original cash grab, and he doesn't want to do it. He recommends Martin Scorsese as the director. He even says he doesn't have a reason. Oh, he doesn't. That's um, the Italian in me is banging on the table. I'll stop. I'll stop doing that. I apologize. Um, the old he, joke: How do you mute an Italian? Cut his hands off. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't want to do. So the first movie is a masterpiece, and he's under all these limitations, and it's miserable, and he almost gets fired, and he pulls it off. The second movie, he said he goes, it was all green lights. And so what happens when an artist all of a sudden who's used to working under extreme circumstances all of a sudden gets everything that they want? You make the Irishman. Uh, actually, <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities. That. I, I watched the Irishman recently, and there's bits and pieces in the Irish, Irishman are, that are great, but they could have cut an hour out of that movie easily. 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 I want, and you can't give me more Keitel? Three and a half hours, you can't give me more than two minutes of Keitel? What the fuck are you doing? Anyway, Scorsese is a whole other ballgame. So, so my backstory, I'm Sicilian from Jersey. Like grew up, my father's an immigrant from the same part of Sicily where this stuff takes place. So I'm a kid. I have a, I find a cassette tape. It says The Godfather, and I watch it a million times as a kid. What I don't realize is what I'm watching is called The Godfather Saga. So in the late 70s, early 80s, they ran it on TV, but they ran it chronologically. Mm-hmm. So what I had the cassette tape of was the Vito Corleone story chronologically. So it starts with the beginning oh, at Ellis of Island. Godfather. Oh, no, it oh, no, no it's in Italy. It's in Italy, yeah. With the mother and yeah. uh, the funeral, oh, the mother okay. getting killed. And so that's the first hour and a half of, of the cassette. So I would watch it in order. Over, and again, this is a cassette tape. You can't skip ahead on the DVD. That, so wait, wait. That's interesting. So that the portion of Godfather 2 that was Vito's backstory was an hour and a half? I would say uh, it's probably about half of the. It's funny because it didn't movie. it didn't feel like it was a half of that movie. So I watched it that way. So to this day, I have trouble remembering which what what's in part one and what's in part two. But I've I've gone back to it. I the Vito Corleone part, the the De Niro part, to me is the best part. Yes. And actually, as a Sicilian speaker, De Niro's Sicilian is not bad. Like that's what we really? that's what my family members. Sound. De Niro's like you know he's a method actor. He, he went to Sicily. He like lived there. He like learned the language. He's Al, Al Pacino's Sicilian is garbage. And if you notice, Al always stops speaking Sicilian yeah. three lines in. Yeah, De Niro's entire part is in Sicilian. And that's the world that I grew up in. I, I knew those stories. To me, it feels almost like memories. Like, those huh. ladies look like my grandmother, like the way that they dress, the way that they act. Like, I knew those people. But you you get from that to – all right, this is sort of my, my bullet points. Um, to the reason, too, is the Sacred Cow is that everyone considers it the greatest sequel ever, maybe the greatest ever, definitely better than the first – not possibly true. Is it? Is it a terrible movie? No, by by no means. Is it an enjoyable movie? Yes, but it can't be because it, it pales in comparison to the first one. I agree. The, the first one, you lose too much. You lose Brando. Mm-hmm. You lose James Caan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hagen is maybe my favorite character. Is the Robert Duvall? So I was, I was, that was the thing I had. You too. lose too much Tom Hagen. Barely like he's such. Like he's a moral center. He's an outsider. He's the one kind of commenting and telling you what's going on because the audience is an outsider to this world. You basically lose that character. So, and the story is about how the sins of the father visit upon the sons. So I was watching. I was. I watched both of them again today uh, for fun. I could. I could have done this you, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, "Give you, give us your arguments on Godfather and Godfather Two with a flashlight in my face." I could do it without 
but I, I wanted to do this. Right. So I'm watching it, and it's so funny because in one, when, when Vito gets, gets shot and you think he might be dead, all the sons and Tom Hagen are gathered in a room, and they're discussing. And it's like, oh, they don't know what to do. These sons are now in this position where they have to take over the family, and their father didn't prepare them for this at all. And that's when Michael decides to kill Salazzo and, uh, and McCluskey. And I, and I was even thinking, a lesser movie, the buildup to the restaurant scene where he kills where – mm-hmm. first, no, first the hospital scene where Michael hides, yeah. you know, the I'm Enzo the baker. Like yeah. that scene is unfucking believable And then you go right into him meeting with Salazzo and McCluskey in the restaurant and killing them. In a lesser movie, that would be the climax and the end of a great movie. That's in an hour one yeah. of The Godfather. Um, so I just think it's epic. The, the cinematography is great. The music's great. The acting is unbelievable. You had all these guys who were young. They were unknowns. He took chances on all these young guys. So what happens two years later? They've all become stars. Marlon Brando being an asshole doesn't – like, fuck, fucks Coppola over. Mm. Coppola is Coppola's genius though is is coming up with solutions to impossible situations. So I actually think the end scene of Godfather Two is an amazing scene. Here's I would I why would, because it, because he had to, he had this problem of he wanted to show the whole point of the movie is how how we got to this point where Michael Corleone becomes this monster and so you go you do a flashback and you show early on and you show the disconnect between him he's all alone right. in that family that table with all those people one by one they leave the room and the father is in the other room and he's there sitting alone it's an amazing poetic ending but brando doesn't show up so he has to film it without brando but that's a that's a genius solution like mm-hmm. coppola is a genius for that kind of stuff but if you have if you have coppola unlimited budget you get cuba i so you lose all that stuff and you gain a bunch of shit that I I can't I could care less about Johnny Ola. I don't care really about Hyman Roth. Roth, Roth I didn't I didn't I don't, the Rosado bro. Who gives a fuck? Like I want to know the cope. Like these are characters that I fell in love with. In the and I hate when I hate when TV shows do this when they add new characters. Like Lost, I love the first season of Lost. Why are you giving me more characters? I want to spend time yeah. with the characters that I like. I, I don't want I don't want new people that I don't care about. I'm here it's, because it's I'm, funny what you say about Hyman Roth because and and I and a, a lot of. Godfather 2, in my opinion, will have suffered from the fact that I, I sat through one, and now I'm sitting through two, literally with no break. And I think I just started to burn out. But the whole Hyman Roth Cuban story, I wasn't even following it. I have yeah, no idea like, what's going very, on. Very I have, convoluted. I, I and, I, and, and, my, and my wife watched, tried watching them with me, and she, she looked at me, and she's going, she went, does he, Hyman Roth really want to kill Michael? And I was like, no, I think he keeps saying that because he wants to bring these other people out and he's using Hyman Roth kind of as this straw man to to get these other yeah. people to go, oh, and then it was like, oh, no, he really did want to kill him. It's, I want you to Im- have your cake and enjoy your cake. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's implied <laughs> so that Pantangeli is against Roth, but then why kill both of them? So is one of them trying to kill Michael? Right. Are they both trying to kill Michael? Right. Like okay, good. I'm glad I'm well, not. Well, Pantangeli then killed himself in the end because he wouldn't have to testify in front of Congress. So, so there, he, like, again, speaking of Coppola's genius, so Richard Castellano plays Clemenza, who's a huge part of the first movie, doesn't want to come back. He's fighting with Coppola. So that Coppola has to write this, create this character of Frank Pantangeli, which is great. Michael Vigasso is great in this movie. He's a great character. But again, it's a new person that I don't care about. And I don't know nothing about it. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got great lines. He's 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 phenomenal. He's it, that really, that Congress the Congress scene was great. Was, yeah, was but again, yeah. it's like I'm like it's it's an interesting scene, but it would have been great as part of a miniseries. Yeah, as a as a so and um, Michael has nowhere to go as a character because the arc of the character is watching that guy who's the nice kid who's trying to fall in love with this you know white 
American girl becoming this dark character. But once he becomes that guy, the arc is done. So right. there's no arc to the character of Michael Corleone in the second movie. Well, and I he, think I, 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 what I took away from it was, and again, I could be completely wrong, but what I took away from it was that they kept on giving these little moments where you're like, oh, he's going to see the light. He's going to, like, yeah. he forgave Fredo. He's going to, maybe he could, like, with his wife, that moment where she's at, she's at the door, like, he's going to, and then each time it was like, nope, he's still a piece of shit. He yeah. killed Fredo. He slammed the door. He killed everyone. It kind of ended just like the first one ended, where Michael just clears the clears the playing field, and he's always going to be this asshole. So, uh, but he did promise. He goes, I'm going to kill him when he, as soon as my yeah. mom dies. He's dead. Yes. So, right. so there's no, know, think he's completely going to, I want nothing this is, to happen. This is, fic- this is fiction, but it is obviously based in stuff like Johnny, uh, Johnny Fontaine is based on Sinatra. Like the, the, right. those, those hearings really did happen. So there's, 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 uh, historical stuff. As far as I can tell, there is no historical precedent for a mobster killing a brother or a family member. That's a complete fabrication by Coppola, and it's, I think it's a bridge too far, and I think that's why Puzo was against it, because it doesn't make sense. I didn't like that he got killed. Yeah, it, I mean, again, it's a horrifying moment. It's a great movie moment, quote-unquote. I But my, I have a proposition, though, and this is, and this is I, I'm, not, I'm not trolling with this. This is something I've been thinking about long before I even like, thought I was coming on this podcast. So my proposition is you take part one, you take the full part one, you add all of the De Niro, like, Sicily parts in order. You add the Frank Pantangeli, Tom Hagen scene in the prison yard where Tom convinces him to kill himself. Mm-hmm. You add the I'm smart, not dumb like people say scene. And that's it. You, know, you, have, you have a four-hour amazing movie. You, don't, you can throw all of the rest of it away. And I would sit because part two, I think, is a half an hour longer than part one anyway. So if you tack yeah. 30 minutes on to part one, you're only at the regular length of part two anyway. So add thirty more minutes, and you're you're golden. You say you save everybody two hours. Right. You can go. You can go get a sandwich. You can do whatever you want for the rest. of your, You can watch a football game <laughs> in the time that you save. Let me ask you something. There was a scene. Since you're clearly an expert on this, uh, there was a scene. The scene that I didn't understand into, and and again, this was towards the end, and I was getting burnt out. Was when uh, uh, Michael confronts Tom about him getting another job. What was the purpose of that scene? I, I mean, again, I don't even, I don't even remember. I'm bad with plot. I, I forget like who's what and what, what was doing what. But I, I think it's just more the, the isolation of everybody from. So the whole like, like because Tom was like, I've been loyal to you this whole time. Like, what are you well, talking that, no, about? Did he, wasn't that the part we asked him to be the head while he's gone? Did I miss that right? Was that was that? I don't. I, I he said somebody offered him. He's like, do I have to tell you every job that I'm offered that I turn? Yeah, down? yeah, right. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He didn't like Michael. That's another thing is like Vito is a good boss and he tried to teach like um, the amazing scene at the end of one where, where, uh, you know, Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone, I never wanted this for you, Michael. Like he taught his son some stuff that he doesn't seem to have absorbed. Like Vito would not have done, like he had a consigliere. He had somebody that he leaned on to give him counsel, who was Tom Hagen. It was Clemenza first and then became Tom Hagen. Michael has n- has none of that. He isolates his family. There's a scene where he asks the mom, like, "What did Dad think about the family?" Because he want basically, yeah. He, so he's basically saying, like, "Would Dad be okay with me leaving my wife and killing my brother?" Clearly not. Right. <laughs> Clearly, the whole point of the movie is the way that we're entangled with family and the decisions that our parents make. I I, I did see an amazing thing though. So, um, 
again, as a Sicilian, like I, I grew up with this. I grew up around this, and this stuff is that stuff is more real to me than like going to Cuba and revolutions and all that. Who cares about that stuff? But there's a scene where they're at the dinner table, and Carlo yells at at uh, Connie and James. I think this got to be part one. He goes, "It is." And and Con oh, goes, on. he goes, "Don't ever yell at my my." Uh, sister, sister like that the mother just holds up her hand and says don't stay out of your, their business and i'm like that's a fucking sicilian matriarch that's all like she literally just and you're seeing the back of her head and she just puts her hand up and immediately james khan shrinks yeah it's unbelievable i'll, I'll say this like, people talk about like cultural appropriation which is nonsense every culture is appropriated every go to a harbor sure town go to anywhere where there's a port and it's a mishmash of cultures because guess what? People get on ships and they go from one country to another country and they bring their culture with them. It's called so, progress. So even uh, Sicily is a place where the Moors and the Normans and the Vikings and the, everybody came through there. That's why I have green eyes and blonde hair and my dad looks Algerian. Like it's just <laughs> – it's, it's true. So I love like the mishmash of culture and, and learning of culture and stuff. And guess what? You know, Because nowadays everyone – apparently p- nobody believes in acting anymore. You have to be the thing. You can't be – Marlon Brando is not Italian. Al Pacino is barely Italian. Robert De Niro is barely Italian. James Caan is a Jew from Queens, my favorite Sicilian of all time. I put him against all the real Sicilians I know. <laughs> I'll take Sonny Corleone over any Sicilian I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I don't care because it's a performance. And he's, I, I'm a big James Caan guy, and losing Caan, even in part one, is, is huge to me. But then to have that – like. Because that's what's cool about that movie is the tension with the brothers and the family. Yeah. It it just becomes part two is just this internal like what what is Michael capable of? That's it. That's what the whole movie is about. And I just James Con, did you know when Stallone was pitching Rocky? They're like, we like the script, but we don't like you. Well, who do you have in mind? He was he Stallone said he goes James Con, yeah, Rocky. Con had a hell of a run. He did a movie called Thief, which is Michael Mann's first movie. Yes, which is one of my yes. favorite movies. He did, a, he did The Gambler mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s, which was amazing. The reboot is a piece of shit yeah, with Yeah, I, I won't even watch that. But the original one is unfucking believable uh, Yeah, Khan had a, an unbelievable yeah, he run. Had he had, I think he had some ball. drug problems in the 80s. He kind of disappeared for a while. But even now, he come, he's in Wes Anderson's first movie. He, like, was about, he also was rumored to go on for Han Solo, but because of said coke problems. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because Coppola was – it's like Coppola was sort of the grandfather of all those guys, like like uh, Spielberg. George. Coppola was in the room for all the screen tests for Star Wars. Like he was part of huh. that, and Lucas helped him with Godfather. Like those guys are – that's another thing that's cool. It's like a community of artists. Scorsese and Spielberg as well, part of that whole little Yeah, like pack. those guys helped each other. They worked with each other. Uh, it's cool because th- I don't know that that exists anymore. Probably not. Which is which is it's it's a shame because I think that's I mean because well, everything's run by the studio. There's now. a reason why those yeah. movies. It's funny because you guys know the movie uh, the the book uh, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. It's about yes. that time. Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. And and it said like basically those guys were given the keys to the kingdom and they all blew it. All of them. William Friedkin won an Oscar, can't make a movie anymore. Brian De Palma, Cope, like they basically were given all this money and all this freedom, and they all fucking blew up in like a cocaine haze. <laughs> and it's it, it's funny going back. You but can, what a way to go! You can see the co- <laughs> like you can see the coke in a lot of these. Like you know what I mean? Like you can see that their movies made under the influence of cocaine. Scarface. We reviewed that four films ago. We just did Scarface on my podcast, uh, and it, it is it's a movie about cocaine made by people <laughs> doing cocaine. written by a guy who is nothing on. He said he said self admittedly I. I was on cocaine the entire time. A cocaine, a cocaine expert. Um, just one other a point I want to make because again, I, I do love Coppola. Like meeting him and having lunch with him was one of the great moments of my life. He is he is my artistic hero. He's I he has a quote that says, um, 
what did he say? Uh, it takes no imagination to live within your means, which is an amazing like way to live as an art. Like he's bankrupted companies, but now he's a wine guy and he's built resorts. Just like an ama- and his kids have become artists. Just an amazing, and he's cultivated a lot of young artists. But I, I do think that um, he, I think even he realizes because I was actually listening to the voiceover commentary of these movies, which I highly recommend. God, you are hardcore for this. I shit, had, yeah. oh, dude, I, look, I, Coppola is my. I'm not kidding. He's. We my brought the right guy. guy on for this. So, yeah. Movie. Uh, so no, I'm still it. not. I'm still not sure that you've even tried to gut the sacred cow, though. You have but... not. I know. <laughs> what do you mean? You haven't gutted. Like you, there's, there's not the vitriol like we've seen for I'm some not, films in here. Well, you've like, you've maybe slapped the antler of the cow. Well, you haven't I, really. But, but maybe, the, you may have milked it pretty viciously. <laughs> but I, but again, the argument. I don't think the argument has to be made that it's a terrible movie. But is it the greatest? Uh, of all time, no. And is it better than the original? I would argue no. So there's a, there's a quote that Coppola says in the voiceover commentary. He says, I would imagine every scene in Godfather 2 has a precedent in a, scene, in a scene in the first Godfather. And in a funny way, the story, to take it further, repeats, repeats itself. And that was one of the reasons I gave it the double time structure, going back and forth between mm-hmm. the young Vito and, and Michael. Uh, Godfather... Uh, beyond just making the first Godfather over again, which is partly what I thought I was doing, other than that, I didn't know a way to extend out from the first movie. So he's basically admitting that he didn't know a way to extend the 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 story, so he really doesn't have a reason to go deeper into the Michael Corleone story. Right. So he could have just made a movie about the young Michael, the young Vito Corleone. Which he should that, have done. That would have been an incredible well, movie. What I, th- I kept looking for parallels between when they would go back and forth between Vito and Michael. And I kept saying, all right, so Vito just did that, so now Michael's going to yeah. somehow experience. And it was, it was actually the opposite. It was Vito learning something, and then Michael doing the opposite of what oh, Vito yeah, just yeah, yeah. learned. Right. Like it was, it- well, uh, so the, the sequence where, he, uh, where young Vito kills uh, Don Finucci during the uh, San Rocco feast, that's maybe the greatest movie sequence of all. Like, unfucking believable incredible. The music, the way it's shot, the way it's cut back and forth. And then it, it ends with him holding up the infant Michael and saying, Michael... Which means I love you very much. And it's so poignant, and it immediately cuts to Michael being an asshole as an adult. It's like, right. that's, that's what these movies are about. It's about the sins of the father. Yeah. Like he, and, and it's interesting because talking about the Irishman, talking about Scarface, in order to become that guy, you have to commit a murder. There's always a murder that makes those guys. So, so Scarface at the very beginning, he kills the guy. Oh, for, for a green card, I cut him up real nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, there, it, so Vito Corleone becomes Vito Corleone because he doesn't listen to his friends and cower in front of Don Finucci. He kills Don Finucci. Right. And same thing in The Irishman. He becomes The Irishman because he's already – he's like, oh, you want to you kill a guy? I can kill a guy without missing a beat. Yeah, I paint houses. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I – just, um, I, I, I do think like I, I'm a big believer in like proportion in art. Like I hate long movies. I don't understand why every fucking movie is two and a half hours now. And I understand, like, if it's, you're going to tell an epic story, sure, by all means. But the the Michael part of Godfather 2 is not an epic story. It literally could have been a couple, a handful of so scenes. So it's filler is what you're saying. Yeah, it could have been. that. So that's what I'm saying. I think you could have made either a longer Godfather 1 or you could have just tacked on or you could have made a 110-minute Godfather Part 2 that's just young Michael Corleone. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think you've got the sacred cow. I do think you've pissed off a lot of older fans of the That's film. Fine. No, I get it. Uh, I again, I like it. It, it definitely drags. It has moments you're like, eh. And it, again, it's funny how you watch it as the saga where it's it's done in exactly in order as that was meant. When you know putting in parts of one and two and mixing them. In. That's, That's I didn't even know that was out there. I didn't either. 
I did not either. Uh, Kevin Israel, did Peter Garacci's change your mind at all? No, I, uh, I, I pretty much agree with him. I, again, I think I just, I have a, I have a weird experience with this movie because I literally just watched it, and it is such an epic movie that's so highly regarded and so influential. But um, I came away feeling I enjoyed, I enjoyed the first one a lot more than the second one. Right. The second one felt like a slog. Uh, most of the time, I thought it was just because I watched them right in a row, but it, it really came down to the the dichotomy of the two parts of the second movie and they just didn't match up for me like every time they went back to Vito I was like nice I want to yeah, I want to learn yeah. more about right. this and it almost wasn't enough like he went from being to killing Don Fanucci to suddenly he was the man and like I I wanted more like I wanted to know yeah. how did that how did that lead into him becoming the man what did like, he do in power once he became in power besides right. just you know Oh, here's an Helping orange. a lady here, here, with her dog. Here are a bunch of oranges for free. Which yeah. is a great scene, too. The, the, the whole dog with the yeah. leather stuff. It's, it's amazing. Because that's, that's, like, that's real like texture. That's real yeah. like, great story. And, it, and it, was, it was such a nice little... like He wasn't s- get, stealing a million dollars. He, wasn't, wow. he was just helping this lady stay in her apartment. Well, he was showing how you be, how, what the boss of the neighborhood is. Right. What he really is. Right. Go ask some people about me. Yeah. And then he comes back and he goes, here's your money. Yeah. And here I'm going to cut a rent. I'm going to cut a rent more. Oh, uh, yeah. yes. Because that, that fear, that's what sells it, is the yeah. fear of just his reputation. Now, it's, I, had, uh, I came up with a theory. I, I call it the poop test uh, today because I, t- I had it on. I was in the Did bathroom. Did you watch while taking a shit for three and a half hours? No, but I was in the bathroom. Hemorrhoid I was in the bathroom and I could hear the TV and I go, oh, you know, you know how you know if you're on the bathroom and you're like, cr- literally crap. I'm like, oh, I want to get back to the TV because I can hear a good scene. Yeah. I'm on, I'm in the bathroom and I hear some Hyman Roth Johnny Ola scene. And I'm like, I'll just take my time in the bathroom. <laughs> so, but if it you know if it had been like right. he's about to kill Salazzo, I would have hurried up and got got back out into the living room. Oh, I've 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 definitely waddled out of the bathroom with my underwear around my ankles to catch a scene. Yeah, like, oh, this is this I need to see this. David told us a great joke. He said, uh, "How to get a sports hernia?" Great question. Was it doing push-ups? No, it's because I had uh, I heard the Simpsons theme song. I said I knew about three seconds to get out there, so I finished this turn up and heard a pop. <laughs> and he's right. I listen. Godfather Two is solid. It's not the best for sure, as I have said since day one, but it is good. I really thought you were going to come here and say like I hated it, like I hated the film. What, on a one to ten, what would you give Godfather Two? Uh, it has to be all of it. I mean, because of the because of the Vito Corleone, the young Vito Corleone stuff, I have to still give it like a six. It's still great. That's the thing is, again, it, to me, like a sacred cow is people. You can't say anything bad about it. I think it's overpraised. I think it's overly regarded. It's still, I'd still watch it over most of the. I I wouldn't watch any of these fucking Avengers movies. I'll put it that way. Well, now there's a real <laughs> sacred cow that's about to be attempted. See, do you yeah. see Israel's chin just tucked I, down. I, mean, I love that you're wearing a Ghostbusters hoodie. Like that's well, Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies it's of all time. Fa- it is my favorite. movie. It's my favorite time. New York movie. Like I love like. It's what, a what's real... your favorite Chicago film then? Since we have Ferris Bueller's Day. Ah, that's oh, mine. Wow. I was gonna slap you if you if you said Avengers and babysitting. That's a terrible. I film. moved to Chicago partly because I I was thinking about it and I saw Ferris Bueller like driving into downtown. Into the loop, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking move to that town, and I literally moved there. <laughs> and now you're here because and winters back. suck, and their sports teams are bad too. Yep. Kevin Israel, do we have fun today? Uh, we always have fun. We always have fun. That's an interesting. Again, I was still a little taken aback. I thought you were, you were going to come in here like guns plays in this film. You sucks. know, I'm an Italian no, guy like, Jersey. Like what? You, I, res- yeah. I I liked what yeah. you did. Yeah. I wasn't. It wasn't the, what we've been used to the first nine episodes, 
but I respected it. He was very knowledgeable about the movie. Very much. Um, and I really, and being hot off of seeing these two movies for the first time, I had so many thoughts and so many questions that it was nice to be able to talk to somebody even who do, just didn't have even opinions. Even doing this is like, I'm like, the worst thing you could be is, is in Sicilian culture is either a rat or a traitor. Like, there's going to be people who like, I told my brother what I was doing. He goes, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm He's like, buddy, don't worry. Their audience isn't that big. He goes, I was, because I was asking, because I've never read the novel. And uh, I was asking him, I was like, is the young Vito stuff in the novel? And he goes, I don't remember exactly. And I said, well, I'm going to do this podcast where I'm going to say that I think part two is overrated. He goes, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Because that's an interesting take. That's my little brother. That's my kid brother. I was passed over. I was passed over. That's John Casale, like, rest in peace. Unfucking believable Like, he married... Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he died. He, he did like he, three films. He, uh, he, Deer Hunter, this, and what was the other one? He did the two Godfathers, Deer Hunter, uh, Dog, wait, day, wait, wait, Dog wait. day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon. Wait, wait, and he was, he's, he's he in was, the conversation. He was in Godfather 1? Yeah, he's Fredo. I, I just don't remember he even one. Is, he was there. Yeah. He's there yeah. when Brando gets shot. So Papa! Papa! When Brando gets shot, yeah. he's driving him. Uh, he's the, yeah, he's that's like his moment where he's he's just starts that's screwing a, up. That's another thing is like you get he a, drops the gun. You get enough of Fredo being a screw up, like it, and with the Mo Green stuff in the part in part one, yeah. you don't need like they just made Fredo into such a sh- like he's already the weak guy. You already feel bad for him. He, he had know. pneumonia as a naked baby with his yeah, dick hanging out enough him. already. I'll tell you what. To this day, I have no idea which what's the order of the cho- the Corleone children. I don't know who's the oldest. Who's is I Sonny, think Sonny was the Sonny, oldest. Sonny, Sonny was the oldest. I think Fredo. Was, I think Fredo's then, the, the oh God. No, Fredo's older than Michael. Yeah, is, so right. Michael's the baby. It was. It was he Sonny. Said, yeah, my older brother. It was Sonny, Where's Fredo, Connie? Michael, Connie. Oh, that doesn't. I matter. have no idea. Another thing too, Connie is she's Useless. great. In, she's in part one. She plays a role. Then she becomes like a fucking floozy for no yeah. reason. You just met him. You just got off your divorce, honey. Like that, that was what, what the and mom it's said. Like, you, the, the first one starts with a wedding, which is amazing, and then the second one's going to start with a baptism, ba- with like, yeah. like a knockoff wedding. Like yeah. what? It's come on, Francis. Let's talk again. Let's have I, another lunch. I love, I love the I love the thing with the, with the center. He goes, listen. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like your people. I'm just going to keep squeezing you. Yeah. yeah. Here's my offer. You ready? You have to leave now. You can, you can listen right now. It's zero. Another, it's nothing. And uh, you're going to pay for that fee. Thank you very much. Another point I wanted to make. So there, somebody said something interesting because I, I love Sopranos too. Sopranos is uh, the first gangster thing that was about gangsters that grew up watching The Godfather. Yeah. So it's reverential to The Godfather. So again, when The Godfather came out, there was none of this stuff in the culture. It created this culture. So, but I, what I love about The Godfather is that it's a lot of it's implied. It's not vulgar. It's not, a lot of the stuff is just like you're trying to figure out exactly what they mean. Godfather 2 is like, is like, is kind of grosser and more vulgar. The whole, like, the bloody girl, like the horse's head, that's amazing. But like the dead girl in the, yeah. is a bit much. And when they go to the oh sex, the center yeah that's right okay, the yeah. sex club in Cuba do you guys know what that, that was yeah. so weird yeah Gross. with, 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 with the Superman they called him yeah like, you know that what the inside joke is to that what so uh, a let so there was a they have these like sex shows in Cuba yeah. this guy's like got a twelve inch dick and he's like they literally like, people go there and watch them like fucking on stage so allegedly Marlon Brando went to Cuba went to one of their shows and ran off with the Superman. So that's like a rumor in Hollywood that he likes he him and he bounced and did whatever you can what your imagination will let you do. So it's to doing me, horrible things. So to me, I, I take right. that as a dig to Brando. That's like an insider dig oh, that wow. Coppola did to Brando. I don't know. I don't have any evidence for that, but to me, that seems like that's what that scene is. Yeah, about. that whole Cuba thing. I was just like this. This it's like the casino scene in Last Jedi. Unnecessary. Yep. 
Yeah. That's a great comparison. Thank well done. You. Yeah, thanks. I, did, I, I It's because people don't know how to tell stories anymore. And I it's it's like get to the fucking point. Like let's follow a character from beginning, middle to end. And I and in a weird way, I kind of blame Coppola because this whole telling shit out of order. It's like it's funny because Coppola. Another thing he said on the voiceover is that uh, the the different time cuts were shorter. And it tested badly because people wanted to spend more time with whatever time period they're in. It's like, yeah, because yeah, they want to hear a story. Right. Like you're, you're with young Vito Corleone. You want to know what happens next. Right. That's what a story is. It's like following one character in a situation to the end. Right. And in a, in a way, this movie kind of like taught everybody like, oh, no, we'll just we'll just jump around and you'll start at the, like the Irishman. Perfect example. Why not just tell that story like who this guy is, how he became what he was. To the end. Yep. And I can't even tell where in the story. I is. couldn't either. And I said, I kept saying to my wife, "Which time period is this?" She's like, "Why does it matter?" I was like, "Cause it's we're watching a movie. What do you mean? Why does it matter?" <laughs> I think one of the few films to pull out with such grace is Pulp Fiction. Well, with- but it's Pulp Fiction is also like a great movie that inspired a lot of terrible movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that movie, there's a reason for why it's told out of order. And and Tarantino said it. He goes, "These are these are very basic kind of pulp stories that I wanted to spice up." But every fucking story doesn't have to be told this way now. Right. You can have a story that starts at the beginning, goes to the middle, and then goes to the but end. But then it's not avant-garde. Well, it's called it's called Western civilization. I like to start with dessert. What it's called want? fucking <laughs> thousands of years of Western civilization telling stories and teaching lessons and Greek plays and whatever you know, novels or whatever you have. Now it's like everybody's just throwing everything away, and we're going to start fresh. Like Are you passion. sure you're not Sith Lord seven forty two on these reviews here with this <laughs> with these well thought out you know thoughts from Rotten Tomatoes? I, I should start writing Amazon. I've never you written sh- a review of anything online. Do it. It's fine. I won't, even the ones that people are like, hey, can you write a review? I don't even. I won't even write a review. Well, of this we're podcast. not going to. We're not going to ask you to. Have you guys written a review of my podcast? Yeah, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. I was on your fucking podcast. I know. You <laughs> I did Caddyshack. He, my, the, the, it's actually talk, talk about your podcast. Uh, so I am the co-host of a podcast called Kill You Last. Uh, it's available on all platforms. It's an '80s action movie podcast. We do branch out, which is why we do uh, comedies like Caddyshack and other movies. But the idea is kind of uh, to explore uh, '80s action movies as a as a jumping off point. I love it. So that. every week, my co-host Alex Bashera, he's young, he's a millennial, he's never seen any of these movies, so he's coming. I already in, want to punch him in the face. He's coming. Well, no, he's coming <laughs> in fresh, uh, so he's got like a, a brand new perspective on all these movies. And me, I've seen most of them a hundred times, and the guest picks the movie. So the three of us together, we just have. It's a very loose conversation. It's some of the episodes kind of veer into other, uh, other non-movie related stuff, but it's a, uh, it's it's growing. We're have you done it. Crawl yet? No, that I, film. Blows. It sounds like it. Bl- I never seen it. But so it the boomerang, though, like the like it's the, the glaive. Thank you, and it's one of the greatest weapons in movie glaive. history. Uh, if no one has done Commando, I'd like to come back on. I'll talk. Well, that. so uh, oh, if no, nobody's done Commando. So, no, my yeah. my little brother, uh, the one who told me not to to, to do this. Uh, he named the podcast "Kill You Last," so that's a line from Commando. So he's actually oh, claimed, that's right. Oh, yeah. he's he's claimed, you, you said you said you'd kill me last. I, I lied. lied. He's so he's claimed Commando. So one of these days he's going to come I let on him and go. But I let, I let the, I'll do any Arnold fil- or Stallone film for that matter. I let the guests pick the movie, which is why we've done some like weird like we haven't done Blade Runner, which I'm dying to do. We, there's so many movies that I'm dying to do that we haven't done, but then we've done like Grease Two. Don't ask me why. Uh, I've never seen Grease One or I, Two. I had not, or will ever, not wanted to until I until Grease I had Two, to. a great uh, great superhero movie. 
Yeah, it was what, what, directed by Stallone, so at least it has some connection to. That's right. At least no, Grease not. 2? Yes. No, I thought it was Staying Alive he directed. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we also did Staying Alive, which I didn't want to do, which was directed by Stallone. Yeah, Grease 2. Grease 2, the only claim to fame is it has Michelle Pfeiffer and her star. Uh, how dare you forget Adrian Zemed of Bachelor Party is also in that oh, film. Oh, that's right. That's right. Shame on One you. One of my first dirty movies. Hey, guys. It's Cole. If... <laughs> if that, if I was that kid, I'd breastfeed till I was fifteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the, one of the subtle times, I just die laughing when Tom Hanks is playing tennis on the on the on the courts, and he's taking the tennis racket and swinging like a baseball bat, and just hitting balls off the field. Like, that's something I would do. Every I think every guy's done yeah, that yeah, in yeah, a yeah. tennis. And just, and just pissing off the dad yeah. nonstop. I'm like, that's that's. Do me. you guys I, know the comedian Ian Finance? Yeah, yeah. It looks so exactly like Ian. the one I know. Yeah, yeah. who finds out that the, that bitch is a trend, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny. But the funny. Oh, does look just like him. Yeah. Holy shit, I never he's put like, that together. Like the last <laughs> 10 minutes of that film goes so far off the rails with the drive, like where they, they go through the movie the theater. Donkey dog. Yeah, it was just chasing that whole thing. It's like I, the I end know. of Blazing Saddles. It's, just, uh, it's, it's like a coke-filled, like, we gotta finish the meal, but how do we finish it? I know, we're gonna drive through a, a movie theater and have people getting lasers and, ch- and chasing down, yeah. Also a very quiet Michael Dudikoff, soon to be American, American Ninja. Ninja. Another movie that I love. Parts one and two are great. I've never <laughs> seen American Ninja, yeah, one or two. Is it eighties action schlock at its finest? Uh, it's pretty. It's yeah. It's like, like Red Scorpion. It's third tier. 80s it follows action, all the beats, but it's it's good. It's it for it's enjoyable. It's a, for like a, if you're flipping through the channels and it comes on on a Saturday afternoon, it's an enjoyable flick. Not like Jim Cotta. I've never seen that either. Jim Cotta's another one. It's, and that's why like eighties was great because they just had to make a movie about everything. Everything. They're like we gotta blood have blood sport. A- Has anyone done that one yet? We did do blood sport. Oh right. my god, that's right. My that's a two zero fastball. Does for me. not hold up. Well, what? It's here, here's my here's it. my uh, funny thought on blood sport. So John Claude Van Damme is Belgium. He's got a French accent. This is I think it was his, was that his What first? are you doing? Keep fighting. Was that his first movie? Yes. So that's his introduction to Hollywood. So there's a flashback scene at the beginning where Technically his second film, he was the predator. He filmed originally 10 minutes of the of, as the predator. And then yeah. he, he quit. Um he so they have to do a, a, a scene where it's a young kid playing the young Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, I know. I, is this the giant singer to talk about? The, no, the wardrobe? I, I swear okay. the kid is has down syndrome. Yeah. And I <laughs> I think at that time period, they're like, can we get a French kid? They're like, no. Like, what do we do? Get a retarded kid. Just put him in. It sounds the same. Like, literally, I want you I fight. It sounds, the kid is like, I don't know how to do this. this. By the way, so talk about Bloodsport for a hot second, and we're, we're going to wrap up. This is the prototypical case of person who does not follow sports at all in charge of wardrobe. So a young Frank Dukes wears a New York Giants shirt. But a San Francisco Giants hat. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so cheap. Like, the person in charge, oh, Giants, get this Giants stuff. It's fine. Like, I don't know if this, the they're, gir- they're based in, like, probably yeah, based in California. The girl is terrible. For some reason, Forrest She's Whitaker hot. is, like, the fifth lead in this movie, which is so weird to see. Like, it's like they, there's that famous line that in Hollywood, nobody knows anything. Like, they don't know why a success is a success. They don't know why another movie is a failure. They literally don't know who's going to be the stars. Because <laughs> they had Forrest Whitaker... One of the greats of all time, and they're like, just throw hold him on, in hold that. on, hold on. How is Forrest Whitaker one of the greats of all time back in 1987? All he's known for is Fast what, Times what at Ridgemont High. What I'm saying is they couldn't, they couldn't predict that he was going right. to be a great actor and have a great career. They thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was a fucking star. He, he is. He flamed out after three years. Uh, Again, co- excuse you. Co- cocaine maximum, is probably mostly to blame. Maximum risk is not. Uh, uh, so what's his dancing? Kickboxer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, you forget Donald Gibb, Ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds 1 and 2. Oh, he's and great. 3. Yep. 
Kevin Israel, has he changed my mind? The answer is no, because it hasn't. He didn't come out and, and try and torpedo this film. He said it kind of is what it is, and just besides a few edits, it's still a solid film. Overrated. I still appreciate this appearance. I do too. I absolutely do, and I completely agree that one is better. Yeah, one no, is better. I, honestly, I've been waiting for the platform to go deep into why I think have these thoughts about because you you come out and say you know what I think part We're two is glad kinda, we could offer you. No, you, no, See, you come out and you say oh, I, I, I think part two is overrated. And people are like, hold on, wait, wait a minute. So it's like it's nice to be able to go deep into why I think part two is overrated. So you give it a six out of ten. You say six and a half, right? and and five of the six is the is yeah. the, the, the narrow young. Totally agree. Stuff. You take that out, and it's it's probably a, not a rewatch at all. Peter Garacci, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram at the Garacci. It's uh, the word the, and then G U A R R A C I. Kevin we, Israel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, was, I don't else? know if you guys plug anything or no, yeah, do, plug do, you, do, what you do I have plug? Eh, I got shows coming up, but if you follow on Instagram, <laughs> I can't. I get. Why well, I don't want to get the dates or the clubs wrong? So I do. I do stand up comedy. Look at my Instagram and find me. Trust him. He says so. <laughs> I'm funny on stage. You can find me at uh, KevinIsrael.com. My album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes, and I'll be headlining Catch a Rising Star uh, New Year's Eve. Nice. KevinGoatee.com, fantasy football jibber-jabber. Who likes paying for Christmas gifts with free money? I do. 65% for the year against the spread. Go on Patreon.com slash fantasy football jibber-jabber to find my lock picks. Uh, and that's every weekend, of course. Uh, one more time, we're going to say this yet again. Write a goddamn review, please, of our show. Five stars on iTunes. Could you say that in Sicilian? I, no. Or Italian, perhaps? Perhaps? Per, the same thing? Per favore, scrive una review. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like how I would have said it. I, I love watching, and I love watching this too. Like da 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 da, da in New York, the car. Italians love to throw in American words in this stuff, like "il weekend." Like that's the rapper or the actual Saturday Sunday. Like "fari il weekend" is like, what are you going to do for the weekend? Cuba, Cuban is the same. Yeah, Spanish. You mean? Well, they call it Cuban because Spanish Cuban is completely different from yeah. The dialects are different. Yeah. It's tomato, tomato. Uh, different, well, different forms. And Sicilian is a different language, and he's speaking real Sicilian, which is amazing. KevinGoatee.com, like I said, gutting the sacred cow, fantasy football jibber-jabber. That's it, guys. Thank you so much. Peter Garacci, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate you taking down or taking, trying to take down Godfather 2, at least showing us there are different angles to look at it from. Kevin Israel, my friend, always good to see you, always sir. Always a good time. We shall see you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Thanks, guys. <laughs>